breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. The man with the best job in the entire world, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nunn. Guess who's joining us, Lieutenant Governor? Good morning. Good morning from Las Vegas. How I know. y'all doing? That was my. Are you still in Las Vegas then? It's five AM here this morning, so uh, we're up bright and early. God love you. Thank you for getting up early to talk with us. So you are there, of course, the Super Bowl this weekend in Las Vegas, but uh there there was a, a handoff ceremony or is that yet to happen? That because it's coming to New Orleans next year. That's right. It the handoff will take care, place eight o'clock Monday morning after the Super Bowl, uh with Miss Benson and some of the officials from New Orleans. Uh, we'll take the football, bring it back to New Orleans as we prepare for the Super Bowl uh, in New Orleans next year. But we've got activities all week. Last night, we brought our welcome van from, um, it was at the Rose Parade, then we had it at the Grammys, and it was uh, brought over here, and we had a big event last night with a jazz band to get people in Las Vegas that are here from all over the country, really all over the world, excited about Louisiana, not just the Super Bowl, but uh, get people excited about booking a trip there before the Super Bowl. Super Bowl in New Orleans next year. I can't even imagine how big an impact that could have on our state. That will have on our state. How excited are you about that? I mean, it's going to be here before we we even think about it. It really is. And if you think about it, the Super Bowl was supposed to be in New Orleans this year. But because it fell the same time as Mardi Gras, uh, they kicked it back a year. So next year, Mardi Gras will be late. So we'll go from uh, a New Year's celebration uh, with Sugar Bowl, Super Bowl, and right into Mardi Gras. So next year is going to be a a record year for tourism. And, you know, we have seen uh, Mardi Gras expand all over the state. We've got people come in from uh, New Zealand, Australia, that go to Mardi Gras in North Louisiana, fly into Dallas and rent a car. So uh, uh, we're expecting a great year next year. Uh, this year, uh, promoting uh, Louisiana all year, the, the year of music all over the country, uh, is really getting people excited about our state. As a matter of fact, we put some billboards up out here that say the uh, the Super Bowl may be in Vegas, but the party's always in Louisiana. We'll see you next year. And the NFL made us move them from by the stadium uh, to, the, to the square. They didn't want us taken away from the Super Bowl this year. Well, uh, Miami is uh, actually the city that's hosted the most Super Bowls since 1967, but the the number two town with ten Super Bowls in it under its belt is New Orleans. Yeah, this will be our eleventh. You know, the first Super Bowl uh, was in Tulane Stadium in, in uh, 1970. And then the last one we hosted, of course, was in 2013 when the lights went out. Uh, and that was Super Bowl uh, 10. Sure, that was the 10th one we hosted. That's right. Let's get Houston and the Saints in the Super I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning the, the best <laughs> communities to travel. To New- Let's have the Saints and Houston. We can't have Dallas because we're in the same division. But would that be unbelievable? Well, I tell you, people travel for the Super Bowl. If you, the 
streets here are incredibly crowded. Uh, San Francisco seems to have more fans here than Kansas City, I guess, because it's closer. But the people that they have on the streets here absolutely cannot fit in that stadium. So they're here just to party and support their team. Um, yeah, it draws people uh, to the Super Bowl just to be in the action. So uh, it's going to be an incredible event uh, here and then for us to host uh, next year. We've got a big event tonight at the House of Blues, uh, inviting all the people that host events at Super Bowls to get them excited about booking corporate events mm -hmm. and bringing their uh, customers to New Orleans next year. We want to make it the biggest, best Super Bowl ever, and uh, that includes a lot of things. Tomorrow, we'll be uh, spending all day with a tour of the stadium and then going through all the meetings uh, to make sure we have all of the our, our things in line next year. We've got about 80 people from the Super Bowl host committee that will be going through all of the different things that we need to do between now and the Super Bowl to get it right. Billy, let me ask you this personal question. Where does the lieutenant governor of Louisiana sit at the Super Bowl? Whose suite are you in? Well, no, I don't get to go to a suite. I purchased two tickets, but I tell you, they're going online for like seven to 9000 which... That you gotta want to go to a game pretty bad to to spend that kind of money. Mine didn't cost that much. I bought them direct from the NFL. You couldn't get in Taylor uh, Swift suite. No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Billy Dungesser on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, I know for a while there's been concerned about you know obviously the Superdome is is. Uh, she's a fine old gal, and she's you know at some point showing her there's been a lot of renovations. Um, obviously, those aren't concerns now for the Super Bowl committee. Have those all no, been addressed and everything good to go for years to come? Well, right now, if you go into Superdome, there's cranes all over the, the field. Uh, they're doing phase the, the the final phase of the renovations. They did half the stadium before the Saints season this past year. So the final uh, renovations that had been uh, planned for this Super Bowl are being done now. And it's really kind of upgrades it to kind of what the modern stadiums are. A lot of open space, a lot of event space in the dome, uh, the new suites in the end zone. So uh, the upgrades, I think, puts it on par with all the new stadiums being built. And that's part of the reason they uh, did those renovations to be able to host a, a Super Bowls in the future. Does it increase seating capacity at all? I don't think it increases seating capacity. Uh, you've got a lot of open viewing area on the different levels. They added some escalators, some, uh, I call it party space in there where people go eat and drink and watch the game, and then some standing room only uh, areas where they can walk out to a platform and watch. But it's uh, it's upgraded, modern, and really they've done a good job. One more thing, that our new governor is doing everything he can to – get tougher on crime in new orleans we've got to that's got to be an issue as we uh, have all these guests come into town especially for the super bowl next year i'm sure you support what the governor's doing and all the efforts of the attorney general absolutely and i think it, it needs to happen statewide you know when i was looking at taking over the french quarter as a historical state park district looking at the amount of people that have been arrested two and three dozen times and not spend any time in jail until they kill somebody. Um, so in this crime session, I'm hoping they can toughen some laws, 
that uh, probably take away from the ability for these judges to let these, they call them kids, but if you carry a gun and kill somebody, it doesn't matter how old you are. And uh, we've got to keep the bad people off the streets. Uh, it's it's too incredible. If you look at the numbers of the people that have been arrested dozens of times uh, and, and doesn't spend any time in jail. And I think if you can keep the, change the laws to where those people have to do some jail time, you're going to make the streets safer overnight. The state troopers down there in New Orleans are definitely going to make a, a difference. And um, and having them arresting people and, and, and f- following some state laws uh, to keep them behind bars is going to make it safer. Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser, thank you, sir, and uh, enjoy your weekend. And happy Mardi Gras. You bet. Les Le Bon Ton Roulet. Megan McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Kia. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio. Matthew Lynn, one of the founders of the Crew of Highland Parade. Mm-hmm. Good morning, sir. Good morning, everybody. Get real close up there for oh. me. Oh, there we go. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, with with Marsha Milliken and with uh, Chuck Reed and families and uh, everybody came in and made it happen almost 30 years ago. Y'all had a silly idea that you could parade through a neighborhood and it would be wonderful and it was going to be a small little neighborhood parade. Holy cow, Matthew Lynn. It's one of the biggest. We knew it would be the biggest parade. Um, We've actually shrunk it at at the largest amount. We had 145 entries, 145 floats, and we have been steady uh, trying to uh, condense it. And of course, when you condense or reduce something, you have more flavor. And so mm-hmm. that is exactly what we're doing. We're increasing the flavor um, by tightening everything up uh, with, with just a few less floats. This year we have 100. And it rolls Sunday, what time? Sunday at 1 p.m. So since Mardi Gras is a lunar holiday, every five years, the Cruel Highland Parade falls on Super Bowl Sunday. And so every five years, we bump it up an hour just so everyone can get home and set up for their Super Bowl party, which it just makes it a party from 6 a.m. till midnight oh, with, with the Super Bowl Sunday tied in on the backside. Now, of course, we're, we're looking at the inclement weather, if you will. So the way the weather works is that you have the pressure coming from South America, and my South American friends have <laughs> pushed that weather a little faster. So most of the storms will be traveling north of us. Also, the earth is going to spin just a hair faster. <laughs> And if you'll look at that Monday weather report, we're going to be getting way more Monday weather ahead of schedule. Have you been drinking Hold this on. morning? I know. I've been right? drinking lots of coffee, and you promised me coffee, and I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't see my you, coffee. You came in last Friday. second, so I've got. We've got it ready for we've you. Got some ready for you. Uh, uh, yeah, Sunday. It's it's. I I know. If you could move it to Monday, but did we you go see, from an eighty five percent chance to a fifteen percent? Have you contacted anybody at Barksdale to get the bubble? Going? We have the bubble. The bubble's been expanded. I do work at the VA, and okay. we have lots of connections. Uh, the bubble has been expanded. If you look at the temperature, though, I mean, how often do you take a shower in the privacy of your own home 
with the temperature 65, 70 degrees. And so it's it's an easy thing to this do. This is why the Highland Parade is so quirky. You are hearing it right now. You guys are throwing moon pies and hot dogs and God knows what 8, else. 8,000 hot dogs. Nice. Wait. 8,000 8, hot dogs will be thrown the Highland Parade. They get up. Crew of barbecue, Kathleen Clark, Adam West, everybody, the family How are they gets cooking together. 8, they wake up at 3 a.m. They start cooking. So they take their chest, they fill them full of boiling water, preheat all of their chest, and then cook those hot dogs, toast the buns, oh wrap them up in aluminum, and throw them in the preheated preheated chest and off off they go they're ready to go to throw you're going to be having all kind of other things thrown too do we have any new items we want to hunt for this year well we have we have meat pies we have um hot dogs we have Ramen noodles. Ramen noodles. Mm-hmm. Um, we we throw a lot of things. <laughs> They're cheap. So the, it became a thing starting off with the hot dogs. And the hot dog float uh, led by Jeff Clark, uh, John Head, Robert Head, David Clark, and their families just started busting into the parade just like Animal House. And their float <laughs> actually said, eat me the first year. <laughs> Um, and they would bust in from a side road, just like, just like from Animal House. They would come in from the side and they would just throw, start throwing hot dogs. They threw for three years until we finally found them out. And when we found out that it was Jeff Clark and the guys, we, we cornered them and Y'all said, because, that, well, and so that, so we did give uh, that year, I showed up between six and seven and I said, because you showed true Mardi Gras spirit, Jeff, we'd like you to be king number seven. Oh, and wow. he was so ecstatic. Um, I then gave him the bill for him not being <laughs> properly entered in the parade the previous three years to which he took that bill and tripled the amount in the oh, writing of the check. Oh, and wow. so a uh, very oh, generous and very kind, loud-speaking man. That is now, you've got 100, 100 entries. Um, anything other than floats? I mean, do you have marching bands? We have, bands bars, and we have uh, Bird High School's marching band. We have lots of dancing groups. Um, we try to mix master the parade. So uh, if you don't have any music with your group, we'll put you next to a marching band. Um, and if you don't have any music with your group, we'll put you with a, a loud uh, speaker system. Mm-hmm. And so we've got everybody covered and everybody. Well, I'm going to be out there of. with a, 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 a noise meter and making sure you don't <laughs> violate the new city noise. We're going to be way past um, any sort of decibel <laughs> noise Best place ordinance. to watch the Highland Parade. If you had to give somebody new to town, they don't know where well, to go to watch it. It depends on where you, what, what aspect you want to catch. And so I, I believe and we'll we, a hot dog. Courage. Well, you can catch a hot dog anywhere, but your your best odds would be not as crowded to catch a hot dog. I would recommend getting as close to Herndon on the northern aspect of the parade route. The deeper you are into the Highland neighborhood, the more you get the flavor of the neighborhood and meeting people and seeing how friendly everybody is and, and the housing stock that we've got where you get more house for less dollar with better mm-hmm. neighbors and friendlier places to to uh operate and yeah. so you can get up 
uh, by Herndon. You can use the restrooms at Noel Methodist Church. They have parking there, um, and you, know, you can have pizza parade. delivered. Oh, it's a, it's an amazing, and it's th- easy to get in and out. Thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. I want to stay. I, I've got I've, <laughs> this is this is we are deep in Mardi Gras week. I took off work, and <laughs> we're we're going station to station, and this is the station we're at now. But Mardi Gras parade will start at one p.m. Sunday. Our masquerade ball is Friday night, tomorrow night. We always have it the Friday before Fat Tuesday gives us Saturday to recover for the parade on Sunday. And so if you want tickets, you can go to thecrewofhighland.org and check us out. Also, the rain is good for the 300 trees that we just planted in Highland Park. We planted uh, 300 fruit trees just tying into the hot dog spirit on feeding people. Um, and these are trees that are six and eight feet tall, so they'll produce fruit this coming summer. We're up against the clock. Matthew Lynn, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming in. All right. Thanks for having thanks. me. Thanks. McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keith. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Downtown Development Authority have received uh, about 13 applications to replace Liz Swain as the Downtown Development Authority Director, uh, Board, not President, he's the Board uh, Chairman, Frank Sinatra, Chairman of the Board. Michael Corbin joining us uh, after the break, telling us about those 13 candidates. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Michael Corbin joining us. Michael, thousands without power this morning. Oh, wait, that's 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 the wrong wrong hat, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> You're catching me off guard. I'm having to reach over in my hat. <laughs> Sorry about Everybody's that. Everybody's good today. Power's on. <laughs> well, as far as we know, yeah, we're going to keep it in. Yeah. What, what, uh, we are talking about uh, the Downtown Development Authority. You're the president of the board. Is that correct? I want to get that right. A chairman of the a board of directors. Chairman, chairman of the board. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 candidates. For uh, the replacement for Liz Swain, who's uh, who uh, uh, resigned after several years in the position, uh, Aaron and I were looking over the list is on keelnews.com for anybody that would like to go see. Were you disappointed overall that you didn't get more DDAs, uh, directors from other cities? We certainly would have liked to have seen someone with DDA experience apply. Um, there was a similar position advertised the same time ours was for Lafayette, Louisiana. And in, in talking to them, I think they saw a, uh, they saw similar responses. Um, you know, we were, we, there were a lot of similarities between the job descriptions, the pay and all that. And, uh, they did not draw outside folks who had DDA experience from larger cities that maybe wanted to come here. You know, you can speculate all day long. Is it salary level? Is it um, people don't want to come to Shreveport? You know, what what is it? Uh, but we have the first group to go through now and and try to make our decisions of 
how do we how do we narrow this down to a short list? I would say for our market, our salary range seems to be very impressive. I would say yes. You know, this is a good this is a good paying job, good benefits, and it's well above what what the median um, income is. Maybe we ask, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe we ask for someone who can do a lot more than what that salary range uh, indicates, um, it, or at least coming from from a DDA organization in a larger metropolitan area. Um, you know, I, until we get some more feedback from people, it'll be hard to tell. I think that we lost some applicants uh, because of Louisiana law requiring the applicant list to be made public. Um, I mean, I know I know of people who um, who were interested in putting in an application mm-hmm. uh, because of the fact that that application would be made public as as soon as the public records request came in. Mm-hmm. Right. That they hesitated to do that. We got an interesting post. Aaron and I did talk about this and, and listed some of the candidates uh, on the list. And uh, one of the posts said from Beaudry says, why is that politicians can't stop feeding at the government trough? DDA needs a professional, not an out-of-work politician. How do you feel about that? Certainly, uh, those former elected officials who have applied, we will uh, review them with due diligence and uh, and not prejudge that. Um, that has been a topic of public conversation. Uh, certainly, I've heard it. I've had people contact me. I think other members of the board and the search committee have had people contact them as well. Uh, but we really, if we're going to do this right, we have to go in blindly and not look at uh, at who someone is, but look at what they put on that piece of paper as far as qualifications, you know, past work, and are they a fit for this position. I'm going to follow up on that because two of these candidates are well-known. LaVette Fuller, former councilwoman, uh, Cedric Glover, former mayor, and there's a lot of talk in this town, Michael Corbin, as the chairman of the DDA, that this is going to be a vote of Whose buddies with who is going to get this job? How does your board avoid that? Well, I think we just have to stay on track with with what we're charged to do as board members. Um, we should not go into this saying, I'm rooting for my friend or I'm rooting for someone who looks like me or doesn't look like me. I mean, we honestly need to go into this blindly and look look at the qualifications and if at the at the end of the search we don't feel like there's a good candidate here then then we have other options we could do a we could do a wider search we could hire a search firm um but i I think we really one of the questions that i would like to get to is why did we not attract a um Mm-hmm. a more robust list of candidates. Let me ask you this, Michael Corbin, who's chairman of the DDA board. For you, and I hope for the other, have y'all come up with, or what are your top three priorities that you want to see these people be able to achieve or accomplish or exhibit? Well, first and foremost, I think that we were looking for somebody with prior DDA experience, uh, you know, whether it was, uh, in another municipality or in a support role somewhere, um, I think when we when we go from that number one, 
then it's understanding the landscape in Shreveport. The DDA has has a lot of responsibility, does not have a lot of power. So that DDA director will have to work closely with the mayor, with the city council, with the MPC, with the parish of Caddo um, to, to make changes and, and transform downtown Shreveport. Another big piece of that are the downtown stakeholders, commercial realtors, people who own property downtown. And, you know, we, we saw many changes in downtown leading up to COVID. COVID kind of put a cap on things for a little bit. And then we saw an exodus of, of commercial, um, of commercial folks downtown. We lost most of our banks, our large banks that had multiple floors and buildings. We saw people working hybrid. We, we continue to see, um, companies move out of downtown, um, to Southeast Shreveport, uh, because they feel like that's where their customers or their employees are. So we've, we've really got to continue the push for, you know, downtown has available space. It's reasonably priced and, and continued this public perception offset of downtown is dangerous because it's, it's simply not. Michael Corbin, uh, DDA board uh, director. Michael, how many members are on the DDA board? We have, and I probably have only had one cup of coffee, so that's a really, really hard question. <laughs> I think I think we have seven members. Okay, seven members. So I'm trying to see how this is going to, you know, pare down the list and where our finalists will fall. Will it be four, yeah, three? And, and how many are you going to pair it to? Well, um, the board has asked the search committee to bring four names to the board. Um and if we could not bring four names, then we need to be able to justify why. And uh, so we will we will take that. I mean, the first time we're going to meet as a search committee is next Monday. How many are on the search uh, so, committee then? Uh, five. And then you're on that. From, yes, okay. we have three from the uh, from DDA and two from DSDC, who's a sister agency uh, to the DDA. When do you hope to have a new director? What's the goal? Well, I, I would like, and I said this earlier, I'd, I'd like by the end of February to have a short list, if not um, the person identified. Um, I, I'm not going to, it's not my intent to push this and make it faster than it needs to be. Um, you know, if, if it's determined that we don't have the right candidate, um, staff is doing a wonderful job. The interim director has a, lo- a lot of experience at the DDA and, and is able to keep things going. So there's no crisis at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if we need to go back and take a second look and make some changes to the job description, then I think we have, we have the, the time to do that and the ability to do that. If, if um, we don't find anybody on this list that everybody can agree is, is the person. Well, it's interesting, Michael, that you bring that up. That uh, is, Has that been a discussion then after looking at these 13 names? <coughs> well, because the search committee hasn't met yet, that, that really hasn't come up. There are, um, you know, folks out in the public and downtown stakeholders who... Um, who are certainly in favor of of a national search 
And uh, if if we were to consider something that, and, and I'm going to say you know, that's a capital if, um, because no decisions and no discussions have been really had about that. You know, I I think we would need to do a little more due diligence in you know talking to a search firm and and understanding if we're looking for this. I keep refer them referring to them as a unicorn of a person mm-hmm. um, that has all this experience who's willing to come to Shreveport. What are the what are the actual expectations from a salary and benefit standpoint? Because it, it may be that we could go poach the number two person in Denver, Colorado and get them in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. But if we have to pay them three hundred thousand dollars, that's just certainly not that's right. not sustainable. Right. Well, we will be in touch. Michael Corbin, Chairman of the Board, Downtown Development Authority. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Always always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Michael. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Um. Get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One seven FM seven ten Keel. Yesterday, I talked to uh, somehow the Life cereal commercial came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey won't eat it; he hates everything. Yep. And it, we got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board that was very interesting, and, and uh, I want to read that and talk about that coming up after the local news. Mikey McCarty, one one seven FM seven ten Keel dot com. Seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Yesterday we were talking uh, about um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things, Life Cereal, and, and how everybody used to say to me, oh, Mike, you'll eat anything. And this is back before I was mm-hmm. bigger than I am now. I used to weigh 170 pounds, six feet tall. <laughs> Um, but it, but they always got it wrong. That's they say Mikey won't eat anything. Mm-hmm. The whole concept of that life cereal commercial was the fact that Mikey hates everything. Yes, and then they're like, "Oh look, he's eating it mm-hmm. because he liked the life cereal, and he doesn't and, eat anything, and he doesn't eat anything." Mm-hmm. So that was the concept of that spot that that people completely get wrong. And, and somebody wrote in, uh, said, well, that's, you know, a great example of the Mandela effect. Are you familiar with that, this phenomenon? Yes, a little bit, yes. The Mandela effect came about because many people believed for years that Nelson Mandela died in prison mm-hmm. back in the 80s. Yes. Well, he didn't. He didn't die until, I think, like 2013 or something. He was released, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but... but People would have bet money, you know, that Nelson Mandela died in prison. And that's how these things now it's become people misremembering famous, you know, events or quotes or images. Mm -hmm. Like if I were to ask you Fruit Loops cereal, how would you spell Fruit Loops cereal? Oh, isn't it F-R-O-O? Yeah, see, yeah. 
It's not. People, it is. It is. It is. Okay. But most people would think fruit and yeah. then L O O P S, but it's F R O T S. You know, fruit yeah. or F R O T. Two O's, right? Uh, it, let me ask Ruben. Yeah, two O's. Yeah, fruit. Fruit. Okay. <laughs> okay. The the famous Star Wars quote of all time. Mm-hmm. What what? Well, uh, most uh, it's Luke. I am your father. Luke. I am your father. Is what most people would think. It, that's what people that think. That sounded pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> James Earl Jones over here. But, <laughs> that's not it? That's not it. That's not it. The actual really? quote is, no, I am your father. Really? Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. Did you already cover the uh, Berenstain Bears? No, that was another one. That's another big one. Uh, a lot of people think it's Berenstain with an E, but it's actually Baron Stain. Baron Stain Bears. Okay. I did not know that. The jo- Jaws, the famous Jaws quote, which was, by the way, ad libbed, I think, by Roy Scheider. Is it, uh, we're going to need a bigger boat? Yeah. Yeah. The actual quote is, you're going to need a bigger we're boat. We're going to need a bigger <laughs> boat. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Okay. The Mandela effect. We all think, you know. You have them in your brain you and that's it, how yeah. it is. And you'll bet and then on of course, it. And then, of course, you hear it years and years, you know, a certain way. And you believe it. And that's what that's what you think. Now, the, the, the biggest one, the latest one that's been on the Internet is uh, Shazam. People believe that Sinbad was in a movie where he played a genie okay. named Shazam. Right. What it actually was, was in the 90s, in the same year, I think it was like 1996, Sinbad was in a movie called First Kid where he was uh, the guard to the president's son. I I remember that. And then Shaq came out with a movie called Kazam where he played a genie. (laughs) So they just mixed those two movies up in their head. But people will swear up and down that they have seen the Sinbad genie movie called Shazam. I thought Shaq was in Shazam. There's no, not that, no, no, no. He it, the movie was called Kazam. Kazam. There's but no it, such Shazam there's movie. There's no Shazam movie with with Sinbad. Seriously? No. Wow, I did not know that. Now is I'll be back still from the Terminator? Is that correct? Is that from I'll the Terminator? Be back. I thought, yeah, I, I think he says that in the police station or something. Maybe. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Or is that from Star Wars? <laughs> I'll be back. Is that Luke again? I mean, is that Darth Vader again? Now, I, to- I totally mix up Schwarzenegger movies in my head so that there's I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> I there. think he said it in Conan. Conan. Oh, okay. Conan. <laughs> yeah. No. Play, play it again, Sham. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. World famous. Play it again, Sham. I can't, when we Never come back, Casablanca. Mikey, when we come back, can, you, can y'all fix the weather for Mardi Gras? Can we do that when we get back? No. Please. Everybody complains <laughs> about the weather. Nobody does anything about it. I want to see how bad it's getting, and I'm and, um, hoping it's clearing out. I'm hoping. <sighs> the Barksdale bubble. Is that Turn a man- it on. Is that a Mandela effect? One point seven FM, seven ten Keel. Sport. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Keel. Ruben, I want you to get on the phone to Barksdale and get the Barksdale bubble on the line, if you don't mind. 
the uh, the division <laughs> that handles the bubble. I think I got that in my Rolodex. In here. Yeah, you've got a you've got a pretty extensive Rolodex. <laughs> Which, by the way, for those, it really is a Rolodex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a it, container with all those cards. I have a, it's I have this, pretty uh, funny. I have this thing when I uh, when I maybe I've imbibed one too many uh, alcoholic beverages. I like to get on the phone and call people. And I, I don't, you know, Billy Nungesser doesn't need, you know, an 11 o'clock call from drunk me. <laughs> so you so, don't put it in your so phone. I don't put it in my phone. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. <sighs> drunk dialing. Yep. The lieutenant governor. Yeah. <laughs> he probably wouldn't that. mind that much, really. Think no, about he it. Would, he'd be one that'd probably get a kick out of he it. He would be good with it. <laughs> Well, in talking about the bubble, though, we are looking at uh, this weekend three parades, a brand new parade tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, since they couldn't get a parade permit, they're going to parade around St. Vincent Mall. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to loop the mall twice. That's right. the crew of Oceanus. Beginning at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. And, and they fortunately have a contingency plan in place. They mm-hmm. will be able to move indoors. If they need uh, to, yeah. But it looks like now, Friday, only a 30% chance of rain. Okay. That's so not that bad. Maybe one parade that uh, you won't have to wear your galoshes and your, 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 uh, your what are those, what, is, oh, what do those sailors wear? Those, those slickers. Oh, I don't know. Poncho or something? No, what's it called? Nor'easter. Okay. What does the weekend look like? Saturday not, and Sunday? Not good. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Saturday, 64 for a high, but looking at Saturday's forecast, 98% chance of rain. Oh, no. And it's going to continue all through the evening. Uh, The chance of rain continues through Saturday night, like a 70% chance of rain on Saturday night. And unfortunately, um, for crew of Highland fans... Uh, Sunday's not looking much better at all. Mm. 90% chance of rain on Sunday. Thunderstorms are even likely. Uh. Uh, 90% chance of rain. And uh, that continues through Sunday night through a, with a 50% chance of rain. So, But you know what? What were we saying last Thursday? It's going to be a wash. It's going to be a wash. Tomorrow's Friday. <laughs> what? We were talking about right. how the crew I, of Centaur was going to be, oh, it's going to be nasty. And it held off. And it lifted right as they rolled. For the most part, they rolled with no rain. They didn't have to wear their ponchos. It was one of those things that But so it does I'm affect hoping, turnout. Oh, it does. You bet. Because if it's raining up to the point, people are going, I'm not going out. I know. You know. I know. And a lot of the people that rolled in, um, in Centaur also roll in Highland. And so if mm-hmm. they didn't throw all their beads, they were like, we're going to just bring them to Highland and pound that crowd with beads. Well, now if it's kind of a wet day, you're just going to save your beads for next year, I guess, if you don't have a crowd. But I'm thinking the Highland folks are going to come out. Rain or shine, those folks are nutty. They just are nutty. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. And I love them. I think it's – I have sat right there by the Highland Park right there on Olive and watched that parade before just sitting on the hill – and I'm just, I'm not really interested in catching a whole lot of stuff. Right. Yeah, same here. I, I, I always give it away to the any kids around me. Y'all it's have fun never, to catch. Y'all, y'all have never caught anything weird? Oh, I got a hot dog. You oh, yeah. Dog? And I've, I'm not giving that away to no kid. No. That's not weird, though. That's just that's, awesome. That's pretty normal. Uh, a friend of mine uh, caught a pregnancy test last year. <laughs> <laughs> what? Didn't somebody throw, like, 
condoms? Uh, I think there were some some prophylactics and some they were probably the same people. Oh. But uh, and then one year there was just a guy who had regular white cups, regular white plastic cups, and he was writing things on them. <laughs> and he looked right at me board. and pointed at me and wrote on the cup and threw it at me, and it said, "Son." Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. <laughs> he wrote that on the cup and then yeah. threw it to you? Yeah, you know that's a movie quote. Yeah, that's from Animal House. Oh, I love that. <laughs> where, where was that? Um, Dean Wormer. Where was that guy's Oscar? That yes. was, he did so good with that. Yeah. Golly. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. And he pointed at you and threw it. He Whoa. pointed directly at me and threw it at me. And I bet the drunken Reuben Wright loved every oh, minute I, of it. I use that cup for the rest of the day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. they'll probably be doing that again. What do you say, 8,000 hot dogs are uh, cooking up? That's crazy. I'm glad I'm not in charge of that. Now, it's oh. not, is it just one float that throws the hot dogs? I is that what it, I got from I that? I didn't realize that. I think it's the barbecue that. float. Yeah, I think okay. it's the barbecue float. And they, man, and they wrap them up in foil and they throw the mustard and stuff with them. I'm like, man, this is... Awesome. And literally, I'm just sitting there by the park on the little hill, and I get hit with a hot dog. I'm like, damn, thank you. Bonus. Because I was at a friend's house right there on the around the block and um, where they had all kind of food. And I thought, I don't even have to walk back to the house to get any food. Y'all going to throw me a hot dog. I'm happy. It was awesome. It's a cool parade. If you've it's, never you, been. Yeah, we love the Highland Parade. And it rolls through the – it starts at 1 Sunday, rolls through the neighborhood, and it's just – it starts we over there usually, by Maryland's We place. usually stop. Yeah, we mm-hmm. usually, because we live in Broadmoor, we just kind of walk up and hang out around Johnny's yeah. and in that parking lot there by Key Mexico and mm-hmm. all that because they start back toward uh, uh, Ockley and, yes. and Maryland's and all that. It, it's an incredible parade. Gemini is a Saturday 245 start at Lake Street downtown. And they texted me this morning. They're rolling, rain or shine. Well, sure, they are going. Oh, Everybody's yeah. going. There's no, there's no real alternative now because Mardi Gras is Tuesday. And um, did, did you know Mardi Gras is a state holiday? Do we have that day not off so around much, here? Not so much. Not so much up here. No, it's not really. Do do kids get? Do they get out of school on Fat Tuesday? No. In in South Louisiana. In South Louisiana, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, they do. Not yeah. Out here. yeah. And now around here, the state offices will be closed because if it's a state holiday, they close all the state offices. But um, most other government offices will be open around here. Yeah, my, they're kid, closing. I my don't know. kid goes to college in Lafayette and he'll he'll be off. Oh, okay. man. I know LSU, when my, even when I went to college, we were closed on Mardi Gras. It was like, go have fun, be safe. But, it, you know, again, we have to remind you about that, too. If you're going to be drinking, be safe about it. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid because yeah. and you'll Fat, ruin. Drunk and stupid is no way to go through life. It's no way to go through life. <laughs> well, the problem is the more you drink, Ruben, uh, the lower that stupid meter gets. Right? Yeah, that's you true. Know, you're, <laughs> it impairs your judgment just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. <laughs> Definitely is. don't drive, please. Yes, oh, yeah. please. Please. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up here in about 10 minutes or so, uh, officer involved, deputy involved shooting yesterday. Sheriff Steve Prater gave us some details on that. We'll hear from him. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. All 
by the way, um, talking about the crew of Highland Parade, Matthew Lynn, one of the founders of the crew of Highland Parade 30 years ago, uh, came in, talked to us this morning, and he brought <gasps> Julianne's king cake to us. Pretty delish, I must say. Wow. It is pretty, I'm not a huge king cake fan, but that's pretty delish. But I got this little plastic thing in my <laughs> king cake. Looks like a little toy. Ruben, she was she was in this, uh, this great big table that we have now. It's so nice. Uh, this really is a kidney bean shaped table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Erin was standing there, and she's and she looked over him. She goes, "Oh, I, I said, got the baby. what? Yeah, <laughs> she held up the baby." <laughs> So yeah. do I win a prize? You get to bring us the next king cake. Aaron brings our king cake tomorrow morning. And because it was in a delicious Julianne's king cake, then uh, you you can't go to the grocery store and get a crummy oh, one. I can't go get no. a Wally World one. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Got to get a good one. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I, is are these babies edible? No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, ruined it. No. Is it a gummy baby? Yeah, I don't think so. That it, would it be looks- a pretty good idea. I might need the Heineken maneuver if I try to eat this little baby. Absolutely. So that's the rule. You bring the next king cake if you get the baby. Yes. And some are politically correct now, and they put the baby on top of the king cake. No, Julianne's has got it inside. It it was inside. Mm -hmm, Sure was. And I hit it. That was awesome. I hit it with the knife, and I knew immediately when the knife hit. I was like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Oh, well. So uh, King cake on me. We look forward to that tomorrow. King cake <laughs> breakfast two days in a row. Yeah. Can't, can't argue with that. <laughs> Cattle Fair Sheriff Steve Prater joined us this morning giving us details on the uh, deputy-involved shooting that took place yesterday in Foxborough uh, uh, Cove Apartments. We'll find out more on that coming up right after the break. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, and on the free Keel app. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Cattle Parish Sheriff Steve Prater joining us this morning. Good morning, Sheriff. Thanks for uh, talking with us this early hour. Good, good. I'm glad to be there and uh, I'll be here with you and and, uh, thanks for calling. We, uh, of course... uh, Tragically, well, I mean, the deputy is is okay at this point, but uh, when uh, when a deputy is shot in a situation like this, how are, how are you notified? Do you get a phone call and from whom? How does that work? Right, I get a phone call from the usually communication center because they're first to know and they immediately tell me. And so within just a minute or two, as soon as the ambulance is called and and that sort of thing, then then I'm notified. We're talking about the uh, officer-involved shooting happened on Pines Road at the Foxborough Cove Apartments yesterday. Your deputy, Justin Dunn, was shot, I believe, in the shoulder area while he was trying to arrest a murder suspect with the task force. He wasn't the only officer there. Explain to us what they were doing, who they were chasing. Kind of set the stage for us. Okay. The um, had, There was warrants for a local person out of Jackson. Uh, parish and the uh, warrants were for murder and home invasion and armed robbery and the, we had located him uh, in our area they were working with the United States Marshals Task Force who gets all uh, felony warrants and assists us in, in, in serving those there were four deputies and a Bossier City officer and maybe a Bossier Sheriff's deputy at the scene and uh, there were only uh, five that returned fire 
the four deputies and the one Bossier City. The suspect fired officer. at them first then, obviously. Yes, fired at them first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll let state police release all the details about all of that, but we're very comfortable with what what happened and feel like that's, uh, I mean, you can tell once the deputy got shot, uh, the other uh, law enforcement uh, officers and deputies did what they were supposed to do and what they're trained to do. Neutralize the threat. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, right. I mean, it just goes to show that there's that that there's so many guns out there, and what kind of danger our law enforcement officers are are subjected to on a daily basis. And it just um, it, it just it makes you sick to your stomach. And like this fellow, you'll find out uh, when it's released. You'll be able to see. But just four months ago, I believe four months ago or five months ago, he was uh, convicted of a of a gun crime and got a suspended sentence. And uh, and so he should have been in jail, as far as I'm concerned. Unbelievable. There has, to, there, has to, there has to be a penalty for illegal carrying of firearms right now. I mean, if you get caught doing something that serious and you just get a slap on the wrist, I mean, that's just... And now he uh, shot a deputy. We could be talking about a shot dead a deputy. deputy today, Sheriff. I know it. I've done that a bunch of times. As you know, through the years, deputy police officers... Uh, and it's just, um, you, you know, and I'm sure somebody else say, why didn't you shoot him in the leg? Why didn't you do this? Why did you do that? Well, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, it's time, it's time that people and thank, thank God for all the good citizens that do stand up for law enforcement. We've got a bunch of, them. but the other ones, I don't, I don't, I don't care to even hear your, your excuses and your trash and all that about, uh, anyway, you know, you what know led how. this suspect to Shreveport? Does he have ties here? Um, Jackson oh, Parish is not too. Yeah. Oh, he is from here? Yes, just went over there and committed the crime. Ah, okay. Now, when the deputies, when they were there uh, following up on these warrants, had they already, I mean, obviously that they, they engaged with this suspect. Were they attempting to put cuffs on him? Was he running? Was he at a distance? How did this take place? No, he was he was in a vehicle with a female outside of the apartments, and uh, we had had information that that about the vehicle and and the vehicle was under surveillance. And when he got in the car, the deputies pulled up quickly, and uh, and and it's my understanding he shot at that point as soon as the deputies got that shot. Was and, the female uh, arrested or detained at all? And and was she was not hurt? She was not hurt, but she's been arrested. Uh, we arrested her. Her name is Michaela Marie Jefferson. She's 21 years old, and uh, we arrested her from for uh, accessory after the fact, first degree murder. And so, anyway, but she's very cooperative uh, and a good witness to everything that went on. And so, but that's just, you know, if you know somebody's wanted and you hang around them and you help them, I mean, sorry, but you're going to jail. Are you releasing the suspect's name yet, or is that up to the coroner's office? Who's handling that? That'll be up to the that'll be up to the coroner to uh, do that. That's not up to up to us. But you guys have dealt with this guy before. Yes, yes. How far back do you can you tell us? Uh, I don't really know that. I just uh, I was just looking at the uh, that the first uh, the charge that I was looking at. Uh, last night and this morning was uh, illegal gun charge that he had just been to court on and just been found guilty of and and got a suspended sentence. How old a fellow are we talking about? I don't, I can't even, I don't even see born in 04, I believe, so that make you, what, 20? 
Oh my gosh! Wow! Good grief! Wow! Now the deputy, the deputy, a twelve-year veteran of uh, the sheriff's department, he was hit in the shoulder. Uh, he's expected to be okay, though, right? Yes, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, uh, the uh, I don't know, the bullet, I believe, probably has been removed at this point. Uh, he's discharged from the hospital. It must do. We're trying to figure out exactly how come the bullet didn't do more damage than it did. Mm. You know, and I'm sure that it's answered answered prayer. Somebody's out there was praying for him, and and the bullet either went through the windshield or or did something, but it just went into him. But but it's going to be easily to be removed. Sheriff Steve Prater, thanks so much for your time, and let's keep praying for Deputy Dunn and his family. Uh, could be a could have been much more tragic than it was. That's for sure. Oh, you're right. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Sheriff. Thank you. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Um. More breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Just continuing to follow up on this deputy-involved fatal shooting from yesterday. The deputy will be okay. I think uh, Sheriff Prater said the bullet has since been removed from his shoulder, mm-hmm. and he's been dismissed from the hospital. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking. I've got the uh, the record of Mr. Taylor, the suspect. Javaria R. Taylor has been mm-hmm. named as the suspect. He was in a Caddo courtroom. Um, September 13th of last year, where a plea agreement was filed and uh, his counsel was present. He pled instead of he withdrew his former plea of not guilty and pled guilty to attempted illegal carrying of weapons while in possession of CDS. Um, And this says, let me hang on because it's which is controlled dangerous substance. Mm hmm. It looks like there was marijuana involved, and there was also, um, uh, it says the district attorney entered a dismissal as to counts one and three. The court informed the defendant of his constitutional rights. They sentenced him to three years, but the sentence was suspended, and he was placed on supervised probation. Uh, The drugs and guns were destroyed, and the money he had forfeited, he was ordered to pay $700 $700 by June 20th of 2024. Um, I believe in that subsequent time since this sentence was dismissed, this uh, sentence was suspended, I believe there has been an in- incident in Jackson Parish. He's wanted out of Jackson Parish on a murder warrant. And I don't know the circumstances of that. I have people looking for that for me. But um, I wouldn't want to be the people in the court who gave this guy who was in possession of a gun with drugs um, a suspended sentence. Um, now, the murder warrant, obviously, that was issued after September. I don't know that. I don't I don't know that for sure. I that, mean, how could he have been in court and they known he's yeah, wanted for murder? I, I would assume so, but I but again, I haven't seen the documents. Um I would assume that the murder happened after this court hearing. I'm, I may be wrong. I would make that assumption. But again, I'm jumping to conclusions. So if he murdered somebody after we gave him a suspended sentence, 
on a gun charge. We have to rethink that. We have to rethink people in our courts on on gun charges. We have got to take another look. We've got to find a better way because it is not working. I don't care how polite and respected this guy showed up in court as and no work to deal. But are these judges appointed or are they elected? Oh, they're all elected. Because as you know, you know, the, the federal judges are appointed. Oh, no. All these Caddo judges, all these so district the Caddo, court judges okay, are. District court yeah, judge. they're all okay. elected. And they need to answer for this. And and the, and it's not the judge. The judge just said, y'all have entered a plea. There's a plea agreement. And the judge said, okay, y'all have entered a deal. I'll go with it. Who you vote for is important. Mm-hmm. Are they soft on crime? This is what happens. Can a judge reject that plea deal? That's a big question. And should they be doing that? I think they have the power to do it. I may be wrong. But then, of course, then we have a trial after trial after trial and not many judges to hear them all. So that's your other problem. Got a great show lined up for tomorrow. Uh, Chief Wayne Smith, uh, Shreveport Police Chief and uh, Fire Chief Clarence Reese Jr. going to be joining us in studio tomorrow. We're also going to talk with the mayor about the water and sewage rates and uh, Mardi Gras coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a great day tomorrow. Micah McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Kiel.